0: Welcome to yet another episode of the vegan podcast series. I'm here. I'm happy to be here with Agnieszka. Is that right? You
1: said that right. <laughs> <laughs> you did it right, Nico, this time.
0: I only had to practice about 10 times, but I finally got it right. That's not bad. So Practice
1: makes perfect.
0: Yeah, but perfection is something that takes a lifetime. So you never finish practicing right it's uh, oh, it never stops so funny enough you are right now that's what we were just talking about before the podcast so we should probably continue this so you you're in Croatia right now you've been there for 10 months but you you're Polish obviously with your I didn't want to assume but with your name it sounds very Polish
1: yeah that's correct
0: so so explain to me your or explain to us where you're from because you're from all over the place it seems like
1: Yeah, the past 16 years I've been living uh, all around. So I left my home country 16 years ago, I believe. And lived for four years in Scotland, then a little bit in Malta, went to Costa Rica for seven years, back to Malta for three and a half years. And then left for Croatia 10 months ago. I was actually going to go to Thailand, but it was closed. So it's a very nice, very long stopover.
0: So you're kind of stuck in Croatia is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say stuck. Ah, like stuck. I just I don't do cold countries. That's one thing. I don't do yeah. cold countries. So I was like, hmm, where can I go within Europe that's uh that I haven't lived where I haven't lived yet? And it just seemed like a nice choice, you know. My cousin did like a little fifteen minutes Google research and she's like, What about Croatia? And I'm like, Yeah, sounds good. So I have am. a
0: friend that's from there. Supposedly the beaches are absolutely amazing there. In Croatia? Yeah.
1: You know, once you live in Costa Rica,
0: yeah, beaches I be-
1: don't impress you easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, I figure as much because I've been to Costa Rica and it is a beautiful... I wanted to move down there, actually. Mm-hmm. It's quite... Um, the people, I-, I think it's the people that I love the most. Just the attitude around everything. Very relaxed South America compared to uh North Americans.
1: Too relaxed sometimes, but you know that like my uh immediate circle of friends were all Canadians in Costa. Rica. Oh yeah. Yeah. I seem to get along with Canadians. I don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> we're pretty uh we're pretty used to everything here. Like it's uh melting pots of ethnic city. You go to a place like uh, Montreal or Toronto. You will find the world represented there and the people that you will meet. It's absolutely incredible for that, yeah, so how is it to be a vegan in croatia that can't that can't be that easy
1: mm. to be honest with you, in split where I live is actually not so bad okay. because i was in I was in Dubrovnik before, which is a smaller town, and there was not one vegan restaurant and even the the shopping supplies were not so easy over here. I have couple organic stores, and I can find like vegan replacement for everything. I have vegan yogurts, all kinds of milks. So like when I walked in, I was like, "Oh my god! I can't believe this! This is amazing!" And there is a couple of vegan restaurants, uh actually nearby me. There is one vegetarian and they always, you know, yeah. change things. So over here it's really, really easy. Unless you go to non-vegan restaurants, then uh there is there isn't, there isn't many options. You are lucky if they will, they basically they basically uh if they serve you anything, that's not just a salad or fries. But it's not so bad. It hasn't been bad. It's a really much better than than in other places
0: so how was costa rica because last time i was there i was vegetarian but it's been quite a few years so i don't remember but they do eat a lot of beans and rice though so it can't it it should be easy right
1: so i was not i was not vegan yet at that point when Mm -hmm. i lived in costa rica and so the interesting thing is because i had a restaurant when i lived in costa rica really and it was a it was a Vietnamese restaurant. So like right now I wouldn't be able to run this business. I just couldn't, Mm. but there was so many vegans already that I had vegan replacement for every dish and it was huge. So we were probably like the second most popular non-vegan, vegan vegan restaurant choice uh, (laughs) in town. Yeah.
0: Vietnamese is good. Vietnamese, uh, Thailand is normally like Thai food is normally very good for that too. It's it's normally easy to find uh vegan options in Asian food normally.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can just replace it with tofu or mushrooms or whatever, yeah.
0: So the 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 reason for your traveling is what exactly? What made you leave Poland in the first place? Cuz from the sounds of it you left like what 10 16 years ago and you haven't gone back ago, yet? Yeah.
1: Well, I go to visit, but not to live, no. You know, it's the first time I went, I went for like a traveling, like working vacation. I was still studying. And so I went to Scotland and I loved it. And then I figured, I'm just gonna go back for a couple of years and then probably go back to Poland, maybe do my masters. And then I'm like, hey, actually, why would I go back? And it's like, you go and you cut that bag when you are really young still, and you discover like that the world is just so big and you just wanna experience more and discover more. And I met people who were around my age at the time and they were from all over. They were from New Zealand, Australia, France, Spain. And then you form such a community because we are all from abroad. So, and we don't have our families. Mm -hmm. And so we become each other family, each other's families. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And then when I lived In Scotland, I met all these crazy Australians and they just traveled everywhere everywhere, they didn't care. And so I caught that bug, and one girl, one Australian girl, was moving to Malta, and I was like, hey, you know, wait for me. And that's how it started. (laughs) And then I was just saying, yeah, then I was just saying yes to things, somebody's moving to Costa Rica. Okay. You know, and just going with the flow.
0: That's interesting. The um the yes thing, because I find myself being, I'm really like that too. If you ask me to do something and I have no moral objections to it, I'll do pretty much anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I'm like, life is so short, right? Like why, why not? Like what's the worst that can happen? I always, you know, when I was moving to Malta from Scotland, everybody, and I didn't have a job, I didn't have much savings. I was like, But I was thinking like, man, I would rather go there and sleep under the bridge than spend the rest of my life not knowing what if, what if I've gone, you know, and I had a comfortable job that I liked. I liked, I liked my life. And that was actually killing me because I'm like, I am so much in my comfort zone right now that if I don't get out, I'm just going to stay here for the rest of my life. And I've seen people who are working at the same company that I was working for 10 years and they were so comfortable. They never did anything. They never moved anywhere. And then they started families and all those things. And I'm like, so my biggest fear was to become one of those people in 10 years. So I was like, I got to go now because I like it too much here. So I basically just got out without knowing what's going to happen, without knowing anybody. And I'm like, it's going to be fine, right? <laughs> and yeah. I,
0: it is one I've, It is one of the mis, the biggest mistake I believe that people do is to just get comfortable. And then the next thing you know, you're 60 years old, your life has just gone by you. And you're like, what the hell just happened? What happened to my life? Yep. yep. I think it's big. I think there's more, there's less people that think like you than there is people that think the other way around. It's almost like it's not okay to think about just being free if i can put it that way
1: because people are operating from the state of fear Mm -hmm. you know and most of the people are just they are so comfortable and they are so fearful what will happen if they will step outside of their comfort zone and comfort zone is a great place but nothing grows there so like if we just stay in our comfort zone we will arrive safely to death like if that's what you want <laughs> that's fine you know like yeah. nothing wrong with that but i want to live i want to experience like i don't know maybe i have more lives but maybe not so i only have this one life in this probably in this dimension in this body so i want to make the as, most out of it you know and i just really you know what like i just really learned very early on to trust my intuition and i just do what feels right even if it seems ridiculous somebody asked me to to move to costa rica and i just you know and i just felt like it's the right thing to do so i went
0: so you're trying to say that you listen to your heart and not your head is that what you're saying
1: well (laughs) to a certain extent to a certain extent you know obviously it has to make somewhat it has to make sense but i just Mm. don't let my fear take over i don't let my fear take charge and I am just a big fan of facing my fears. Because like once you jump, so like the first time I moved the country, like so once you make that jump, you just know that no matter what, you will figure that out and it will be fine. And then you are not scared of jumping anymore. And then you are like, I will be fine anywhere, no matter what. So it's the hardest is this first step, you know?
0: You're absolutely right. Absolutely, absolutely right. So the mm-hmm. more you
1: facing your the more you facing your fears the more fearless you become.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Or at least you're going to get comfortable being uncomfortable if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The,
0: I want to ask you a question cuz I know that you do a podcast and your podcast is Soul Boost Podcast, right? Yeah. The uh from what I can see your big into uh chakras so i would consider you i don't want to assume but i i got a feeling that you're uh quite spiritual um what was that
1: i would say no because it just became <laughs> such a like a tacky thing that is in like and i just see so many i don't want to i don't want to say that but whatever screw it like there's just so many fake spir- yeah
0: oh yeah <laughs> there's so where you're many going. fake
1: spiritual people oh, yes. and then and so like, I would never go out and like, hi, you know, I'm so spiritual. Yeah. So like, I just, I just do my thing, you know, and I, I you know, and I, I try to practice where I preach and that's it. And I share my own knowledge and my experiences. And like, if somebody thinks that I'm spiritual, then that's fine. You know, and there are people who are way more spiritual than me. But then when somebody will find out that, oh, like you have a podcast and you talk about those things and you are spiritual, they are like, yeah, you know, and they start, they start talking about something and just try to come across uh, so yeah so i have a problem with saying that i'm spiritual like you know what i mean because demons can be spiritual too you know
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely well there's because it became
1: so, so fashionable these days yeah, you know yeah. everybody wears crystals and uh, you know all those things it's so in everybody goes to like bali and yoga retreats and it's fine but I think a very small percentage of of that is actually genuine. So
0: it's the um, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. It's abs- i I've met so many of those people, and you're right. Calling you spiritual is kind of putting a label on it. But maybe I should just say that you are you believe in inner work. You believe on you believe in working on yourself, and that will make you a better person by knowing yourself, if I can say it that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, well, I believe that there is so much more than what we can see with our two eyes. And, you know, like going back to veganism also, I think a lot of vegans are actually spiritual people for that mm-hmm. reason not just because of animal rights, but they have this understanding that I am not better than anybody and nobody is better than me, but that goes to animals and all the creatures as well. Uh, Because like when I see a cat or a dog or a cow or an ant to me, they are all part of me. And like, I don't see myself more important than them. Therefore, you know, like how could I contribute to suffering of those creatures that would be hypocritical? And I feel like because we are all connected and in a way, and it's hard to kind of get a understanding of that, but we are all one. And so you can't hurt the other without hurting yourself. Mm-hmm if that makes sense. And so I think that a lot of, yeah. So I think that a lot of people become vegans because they have that understanding.
0: Uh, It's funny because you kind of read my mind where I was going with this. And that's a question that my buddy asked me, the guy I was telling you before the podcast, that is, he's not vegan, but he has changed a lot since the time that he's known me by seeing the way that I am. And that's a question that was asked is does, you know, are you spiritual because you're vegan or are you vegan because you became spiritual? And I am, I consider myself spiritual, but as as you say, it's, it's not, there's too many fake ones or at least non genuine ones out there, but I believe that being vegan makes me more spiritual, but it's because that I'm spiritual that I became vegan in my case, at least. Mm -hmm. And that, that I think you're right. I don't think that most vegans realize that, that if you do not want to harm other creatures, there's something else behind it that tells you to do that. There's a reason why you're doing it. And this is a bit my reasoning behind these type of podcasts and another type of podcast that I do is to kind of, make them realize that for themselves that veganism is just the first step it goes way beyond that there's so many other doors to walk through or at least that you could walk through but vegan is like one of the first steps in my opinion i i don't think you can consider yourself that spiritual if you're not vegan i don't believe it see that i don't believe it that's right that's right (laughs) yeah so
1: like i hate i hate to be judgmental but with that when somebody tells me like they are spiritual but they eat meat and they have this whole reasoning behind it and they are like well just thank the cow and i'm like just fucking contributed to like this cow's suffering and then just thank her like you know what i mean it's like yes i absolutely agree with you because if you have if you consider yourself spiritual, yet you don't have this understanding, this very, very basic understanding, even forget the fact that you feel that you are higher up in care, care here than, uh, than an animal. Like, yeah. forget it, yeah? So even if you consider yourself more important than a cow or a dog or whatever, then you are still contributing to that to that animal suffering so you know and then there is another aspect there is a third aspect of not eating meat in terms of spirituality and it actually blocks it calcifies your third eye so eating animal products amongst other things you know all the processed foods etc cetera, etc cetera. so if you are eating animal products it is blocking you know your third eye so if you want your third eye to open that's one of the things that would help so quitting animal products and then another reason is um there is another aspect to veganism that a lot of people if they quit eating meat who had suffered with anxiety mm-hmm. uh would notice this very difference because energy it it cannot just vanish it doesn't just dissolve right yeah. like energy moves so imagine this animal who's been going through the lifetime of suffering and the terror that it experiences, and especially when it's killed. And like, I'm sure you've seen plenty of videos of animals being brutally murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine this terror that this animal suffers with. And mm-hmm. so it becomes meat and it becomes piece of meat, but that that energy stays within Mm -hmm. that animal. So that anxiety, that terror and all that. And said, so then what you do is you consume that energy. And then how are you supposed to be feeling full of life? Like, first of all, you're eating death. You're not gonna feel alive if you are eating death. And second of all, you are consuming that terror and you are consuming that sick energy. And then no wonder you feel anxiety. No wonder you feel depression. No wonder you feel those negative feelings. Because it is something that can't, can't be explained without the Western medicine or within science. And you know a lot of people are looking, uh, looking up to science like it's God you know, those things can't be explained but it's true like i would anybody who suffers with anxiety i would encourage them to just quit eating any kinds of meat for three months and just see how they feel
0: there's a uh, i don't know how you feel about um, psychedelics or hallucinogen however people want to call them but there's a fighter that i i'm a big fan of martial arts i've been in it my whole life and (laughs) and I'm a big fan of fights and there's a guy he was world champion in the UFC his name's called Rashad Evans I don't know if you know the guy
1: no but Nate Diaz is also
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love those guys the two brothers love the two brothers
1: yep I love those characters I, I was obsessed with Nate Diaz for a period of time just with his character you know
0: Yep. sorry uh, no worries. So the guy went on the Joe Rogan podcast and they were talking, Joe Rogan's a big meat eater, right? And Rashad yeah. Evans were, were talking and Rashad Evans is like six feet tall, 240 pounds, big black guy, muscular as hell. He, he's a big boy and he hasn't been fighting for a few years. And they start talking about magic mushrooms and he starts talking how on his first trip of magic mushroom, all he could smell is death. He could, he, There was a stench that was coming from him. And he was like, what the hell is going on? And there's something in his head that started talking to him, telling him that how can you not smell like death when all you consume is dead flesh? From that day on, never touched animal byproduct again not only that, but he actually has a bunch of product, vegan products made for fighters. So he is the people that, and I, I'm, I've been around fighters my whole life. And they're the first people to look at me and say, you're a vegan, seriously, like, what, it doesn't make sense to them. And how interesting that his first magic mushroom trip, and we're talking about the manliest of men as per what we believe, right? Won't touch it anymore just because of the hallucination, the hallucination that he had on the magic mushroom.
1: You know, it's so interesting that you talk about it because I was a couple of years ago preparing an article because there is still so much misconception if it comes to nutrition, there is so many myths that I am just, you know, like us as vegans, we are just so like tired and bored of it. I just now just sent people like links and, and photos of bodybuilders and, and stuff like who are vegan. But uh, what I'm getting with this is like a couple years ago, I was preparing an article for work uh, about... Thirteen most I think it was thirteen or twelve or whatever, most popular vegan athletes, and purposely, I have chosen those who visually yep. yeah who visually you can tell like they are they are beasts yep. uh, or they are like there was the strong man, there was an ideas within them, uh, and several more, so then people when they look at it they they will be like, at least they will start thinking, at least yep. they will start thinking. Because there is so much conception, if it comes to that. And this whole thing about like, yeah, real men eat meat. Like, what? Like, what's Or like, guys with like a, uh, it's it's so in. Like, the guys with the uh, photo of big fish, you know? Like, oh, I'm a real man. Because like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you such a, yeah, like, well done, you just fucking killed a little animal that doesn't even have legs and feet, like yeah very manly of you you know what i mean and like i think it's the most it's the most for me it's the most manly thing that is about it's just men who has compassion yeah. compassion and kindness because that also means that they are so self-aware they don't need to they don't need any uh any any labels that are, that don't even have any justification, like why real men eat meat, like what's the justification behind it, you know? I think like the most, like only only insecure people, only insecure men would actually use that label.
0: Well, you touch on something that goes beyond our subject right now, but I absolutely love speaking about it, is self-awareness. That's the main, the the number one problem i would say in society all all things combined is self-awareness for men and women we are absolutely terrible at recognizing what we won't even face who we are so how can we even realize that we're hurting others there's no way there's no way we we are such at a weird state it's like we're children again we're abs- we're a bunch of children walking around without any comprehension of who we are I am I'm in the midst of I don't know if you know a psychologist called uh, Carl Jung
1: yeah of course
0: so I'm big fan I've read a lot of his book I'm actually reading uh, I just finished one yesterday while I'm reading another one too I'm a big fan of his and you know one of his expressions says that For any tree, and I'm gonna bastardize it because I'm terrible at repeating them, but for a tree to for the branch of a tree to reach heaven, his roots needs to be planted in hell. And Mm. until you understand the wrong that you're capable of doing, the atrocities that you're able to commit, you'll never know how good you can actually be either. Because both exist, right? But for some reason, we forget that we are capable of atrocities. That doesn't mean we need to do them, but just recognize that you're capable of doing them. And instead, people today will, eh, we eat meat because we eat meat. It's part of life. So they continue torturing animals while lying to themselves by saying, oh, you know what? It's okay because I'm not the one doing the killing.
1: Yes, yes i had that conversation recently with somebody and they asked me like um, i was working on the yacht and the chef was grilling the meat i don't even i can't even call it meat anymore you know what i mean because it's like it feels wrong to call it meat. Yeah. but anyway uh so he was grilling meat and he's like how can you look at me making this food and not want to eat it and I explained to him that to me it's just it's just these are just dead bodies of animals who are like I have those visuals in my head when I look at it and I'm like those are just dead bodies of animals who were you know who suffered and were killed and so he asked me and he asked me why did I become vegan and I said that I just don't want to contribute to any animal suffering and he says Oh, you know, he's like, oh, that's very nice. Um, and I could never kill an animal myself. Yeah. Uh, it's not in me. But he thinks that since, you know, he's not doing the killing himself, yep. he is like not participating in the crime. So that's how most people think.
0: That's but, a You know what
1: I think? Like be- what you said. Sorry, what you what you said earlier about like how we are all kind of lost yeah. and um, that we don't even know ourselves, and I think it, I think it's becoming better and it's becoming worse at the same time. Yeah. And depends where you are on your level of awareness. But I think it is one of the things is that people are becoming more aware of the fact that, okay, you should meditate. You should be more mindful, you know, for your own benefit and benefits of your environment and just to become better human. And now science is catching up with the benefits of meditation. I had the whole episode on my podcast about meditation and, you know, like the science research behind it, you know, the brain scans and all that. Uh, So then it's, it makes more sense for people who actually don't believe in all this metaphys- metaphysical stuff, and so it's better in that aspect that there is more knowledge and, and science research behind it. But there is so much distraction. There is yep. so much distraction everywhere all the time. Like we are all addicted to our phones, notifications. There is a TV. that is that. There is just always something. And most people like unless you train yourself and are disciplined and you do meditate and you stay mindful and you at least try to stay mindful as much as possible on one thing that you are doing, because you know that 50 more than 50 percent of people, more than 50 percent of the time are actually not paying attention to what they are doing Mm -hmm. like ever. Like you are talking Maybe. to somebody and you don't even focus on that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so there were like various surveys done to back that up. And so it is becoming, yeah. So like all those, all those distractions, like they don't help. And so we are just addicted to distractions and notifications and messages. And people don't just take a breath and be like, okay, like what's happening around me? What's the color of the sky? You know, like they don't, they don't focus on what's inside. And so that's why daily meditation is so important to become more aware and that, you know, just like there's, there's so much to it. And then to become aware that there is so much more to life than just doing, doing, doing,
0: you know, that people are scared of that. There are, um, they, you're so used to the distractions that you're surrounded by day in day out. That so, I'll give you an example. This um, about a year since the COVID started. So at the end of March last year, I got rid of my place in the city, and I had a place in the middle of nowhere that I normally rented on Airbnb, and it's a log house in the middle of the woods. And I've been there for since March last year, so uh, almost a year and a half now. I've been living here and it is, it is one of the great, not if not the greatest thing I've ever done for my mental, for my, my awareness development, absolutely incredible to be able to turn everything off. Like my internet here is garbage. There's, I cannot do two things on the internet at the same time or else it won't work. Yes. Two days ago, electricity went out. It went out for six hours, maybe eight hours. It came back in the middle of the night. I was sleeping. So I don't know when it came back, but I made food on my, um, on my little oven that I normally bring with me on motorcycle trips or when I'm backpacking. So there was no electricity. I was sitting outside, just making food, super relaxed. I ate while looking at trees and looking at animals around me, but I've been doing that mindfully. Like I'm doing it on purpose to cut everything off. But yet, I don't know. This is one of the things I want to tell people is how how beneficial it is for you to do so. To just, it's okay not to have your phone. I broke my phone last week. smashed the screen, doesn't work anymore. I haven't replaced it yet. It's, um, I don't amazing. have it. Well, I think it's a sign. I've dropped that phone about 50 times. Never a problem. I drop it six inches to the ground, smashed it. So I haven't replaced it yet. And I don't know that I will. I have an old flip phone. Remember the, I put my, it's a, that's what I was looking for. I wanted to make a joke about it, but I don't know where it is. But I put my SIM card into a flip phone so people can call if they need to talk to me. But except for that, I don't have a phone. Wow, but I think we have to go back there there's something telling me I know myself I need to go back there I love technology it has its usage but I have a corner of my house that has a big desk two laptops, four screens cameras, microphones and all of that stuff but they stay there Um, if I walk away from that desk I'm not using that technology anymore it's really mindful that I sit down in front of it I have to come here and sit down in front of it and being mindful that I'm using it. But as soon as you and I are done speaking about it, I'll probably won't use it for the rest of the day.
1: Wow. Wow. I have to be honest with you. I am very addicted to my phone. Yeah. Uh, also, because I am, I am, I I live by myself. I am by myself. And that's the main reason. I talk to my cousin a lot also. like So we keep in contact every day. So I had to... Uh, put a discipline around it to yep. make sure that I do other things and what you said about like but I love being by myself and I have no problem being without distractions and I love being in the nature I can be for hours in the forest so when I go to the forest I always turn my phone off I mean, I, I turn off the internet and you know like I often ret- mm, I record content so that's why I take yep. my phone with me because yep. I don't know when I'm gonna get inspired and sometimes yep. I just you know because also my I shut off I shut down my brain, I shut shut it all off like and then this is when the inspiration comes and I just want to record it but I never check, I I always have the internet off and this is I feel like since the last year it has been the most healing for me and that's why I also wanted to move away from Malta because there is no nature there and it came to a point in my life where nature became super important for me, it's just like it's, it's calling me. And so, in the uh, little town, actually, it's not so little, but where I live, it was very important for me that I live just outside of the forest. So yeah. then I can go five minutes and I watch the sunrise. I can watch the sunset. So I try to go at those times when there is nobody there, and I can really connect with the nature. And it's super important for me that I uh, that I don't use this is my time that I don't use the internet and also when i wake up in the morning i make sure that i first meditate and do some of my morning rituals before i even check my phone because once like i get on it and there is messages notifications and all that and i use instagram a lot then it's difficult um the only time like it's when i connect to anybody when i talk to people i never have the urge to check my yeah. phone so it's just like a thing that i do by myself because i cannot imagine talking to someone and checking your your phone like i i don't get it's that you can do that very rude it, it's so rude but it became normal like i don't even but i don't have friends like this anyway but what i wanted to say is that i am meeting also a lot of people because like the like you and i like we are super comfortable being alone and i think this is such a great place to be it's so peaceful like it's so amazing to be able to do that because there is so many people who are just seeking not only distractions, but other people, and they would hang out with almost anybody and drink and just just not to be with themselves. And I'm thinking, like, I'm not judging that, but I feel really bad for them because that must be a horrible place to be.
0: Well, it's they refuse to face themselves. It's as yeah. simple as it. the hardest thing you'll ever do is spend time with yourself alone. Mm-hmm. But it becomes one of the... Now that I've been doing it for more than a year and a half, I don't know that I'll ever be able to live full-time in a city. I want to be... You know, if you ever looked at some of the stories that I share, like I have sunrises above mountains. They're really taking right there. That window right there, I just... up take a picture. The sun rises above a mountain right behind me. And it sets right in front of my house. It's... I don't know that I'll ever be able to live in a big city full time, part time, you're on vacation, stuff like that. Absolutely. But to not have a place to just go and spend as much time as I can by myself or at least away from most people
1: yeah yeah but you know like i think it's so wonderful like i could never live in a big city uh so even like here this is not a big city and i I have a choice like i can go to town or i can just go to the forest and i have those weeks when for two weeks i just disconnect from everybody and i the only the only place i go is just the forest or the gym and um (laughs) and like you know i can be social at times but i need so much more Uh, a long time and even recently even though like i live by myself i decided to go to a fishing village which is like 10 kilometers away to be even more farther away from everybody and i rented the little cute airbnb with a beautiful view and just butterflies and just nature and i was just walk down the fishing village in the evening to like you know find myself a place for a dinner And uh, I think like I'm even more and more stepping away. Like this is not a big, this is not a city. This is a town where we live, like here, beautiful town. But I'm like also going farther and farther away from the crowd. So even those three days in peace and away from people made me realize that I'm like, I think I want to move like farther away, you know, like close enough so they could take an Uber. And be in town if I feel like it. But no, like I want to just place with a view and be in the nature, step outside and, you know, be in the forest or on the beach and stuff like this. It's incredible. It's dangerous
0: though. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very conscious that it is good and it's bad at the same time. Because the more I spend time by myself, the more I enjoy being by myself, the less I want to see more people that's not good. You, you need to find, you, know what? you need to find a balance between the two, right?
1: You know what I think though, because then you just become very socially selective and it's not a bad yeah, thing at agreed. all. Like I would, I would used to hang out, I would used to hang out with people just for the sake of like, like hanging out yeah. with people. And yeah. now I have such, like I, ha- I have met really, I'm very, very blessed because the people that I have met here, incredible like very very deep and we it's that there is no small talks there is no small talks there are just like profound connections so like these are the only people I want to be around like I'm so like I can't do small talk I would rather be electrocuted so it's like beautiful you just become very socially selective and you don't you just hang out with people you really want to hang out with yeah. and then when you find people like this and you have people like this you want to be around them more often but if not then it's just so much better
0: to be leave alone leave me alone yeah absolutely it's you hit it on the, that that's interesting yeah. i've never heard somebody else say that but i say it all the time i can't do small talk either i'm not interested in small talk i i don't have mm-hmm. any subject you know what i do what
1: so I am—I'm so bad at small talk that I would like—I—I I started with that experiment like several years ago, but because uh, I can't do small talk, and I started with this experiment that actually invites deep connection with people that you may know for several years and you have like zero connection with. So like, I just interrupt, like, honestly, like the the small talk is so painful for me that I interrupt with awkward and uh, awkward questions, awkward, uncomfortable questions. Like I'm this kind of a person, like I I don't give a shit. Like I would, I would rather like ask you something really weird, you know, and make you uncomfortable and everybody in the room then just like continue with like, so what do you do? What are you like, I can't do that. It's painful. So I actually watched this TED talk uh, a while ago and this girl was just doing this experiment and asking people on the street. I don't remember the question but I just made up my own question. And I went to work that day and I was working in this corporate office and uh, I met up in, in the kitchen, there was few people. And that was the usual small talk, you know, making coffee in the kitchen. Oh, you know, and I'm like, I'm diving in. <laughs> so the what's happened is like they were talking, oh, you know, the water is getting warmer. Like, oh, did you go for a swim this year yet? You know, so imagine like, I'm just, like, <clears throat> did you go for a swim yet? And this girl's like, no. And I'm like. So I go to her and I'm like, why are you scared of cold water? And she's like, no. And I'm like, so what are you the most scared of in life? Yeah. So I go with that and she goes all uncomfortable and she's like. I'm not going to tell you. And then I'm like, why? And she's like, because I'm not I'm not like she, she freaks out and she's like, what are you the most scared of? And I said, my mom dying. And she's, and the guy goes like, well, I don't really have that problem because my my mom already died. And then, you know, I developed this uh, drinking problem and then I got, clo-. and this guy starts telling us his whole like very, very personal, like life story. So then this girl gets comfortable because we already opened up and she starts opening up about her issues and the problems she had. And the three of us, like, it's just like that. We became... It's like we like we were working together for a year and we were strangers up until that point. And this opened such a beautiful connection. And then almost every morning we would meet up in the kitchen and continue these very profound conversations. And it was insane. It was really insane.
0: No distraction. I guarantee you that nothing was distracting you during those conversations either. Those are I one of my buddies comes here and we do podcasts, uh, we do podcasts together and we'll talk about literature. We'll talk about philosophy. We'll talk about religion. We'll talk. We have conversations that started two years ago. They're still not done. They're just, they take a break, but we'll spend a full weekend on the balcony in front, smoking cigars and playing with our dogs. And we're just blah, 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 blah. We're just, Deep, com- but have I ever known one of my friends as deeply as I've known him? No, it's rare to find that though. Mm-hmm. If you're capable of finding that in your friends, cherish it because it's not something that happens very often.
1: I over here, I'm telling you, I have been very blessed, and one of my friends here uh, started a dream circle. And this, this is actually another interesting, very interesting thing that I'm a part of. So I met this girl, she has a group over here for, it's like empowered women, empowering women, and it's mostly expats. And so I joined this group and then she invited me to some workshops. So I went to that workshop. And then after the workshop, I sat down with like five other women. And that was the first time that I was in a circle of women. And I was like, wow, this is such an incredible safe space. And I don't know if you had that experience with men, so then maybe you can relate, but it's like, I think it's very important that it's like exclusive to the gender because it makes you just very comfortable. And I never heard, I never felt so heard, seen, not judged. And nobody's trying to give you advice and you can talk until you feel like you've talked and everybody's listening to you. And then at the same time, everybody is sharing so vulnerably which is the most beautiful thing. And I was so shocked because, you know, back in the day, I would be in a relationship for several years, struggling with problems, and I wouldn't tell anybody, like nobody. And that, you know, contributed to like a lot of anxiety and and panic attacks and all those things. And I was like, and here's this woman that I've never met. And she's telling me such a, a intimate problems with her husband because she knows it's a safe space and like and I I felt like it was the most beautiful thing. And so then one of the girls she had that vision for a dream circle where you talk about your dreams but it's more profound than that. And in meditation four names came to her mind and I was one of the people. So I was obviously very honored because she knows like all, all the you know she knows a lot of a lot of women here. And so as we created that group and we sat down from the first meeting, it was the most beautiful connection that was formed between us. And it's such a safe space. And we are all so very different. It's insane, but it's like a sisterhood. And it's like, even if I feel like the most, like I don't want to see anybody, I always wanna see them because I feel like it's a space where I can be myself and I can just show up as I am. I will not be judged if I don't wanna talk, I don't have to talk. If I feel like talking, I can you know, talk things out and we just support each other and we help to visualize each other's dreams, which is a beautiful thing too. So imagine like if you uh, understand manifestation, so if you manifest your reality, imagine, having four other people who care about you deeply and they visualize it for you as well and then they share those visions with you so then it feels even more real amazing and never a small talk like that so it's so crazy because sometimes our people are asking me like very basic things about them about their lives and i'm like i don't know we didn't have time to talk about it, it <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter,
1: like how old they matter. are or where they are from. Like, it you know, matter. it just doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: It's a beautiful thing, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, um, I just noticed we've been going for about 45 minutes. The, um, I always finish whatever podcast I do, I always finish with the same question. So I'll, let me ask you this. Uh, if you could speak to your 14 year old self, what would you tell her
1: don't be so hard on yourself (laughs) yeah
0: you know what I will I will leave it at that the it's I'm sorry if I'm cutting this short I got a feeling you and I could go for hours the um,
1: yeah 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 i, I wanted be- to add like because you uh you also <laughs> like i do boxing i did judo as well and i also had the german shepherd and i saw that you have a german shepherd i have two yeah, i have
0: two shepherds yeah, yeah.
1: so i was you know, like oh it's crazy how much we have in common
0: we'll do it again we have to do <laughs> it again it's that is one of the beautiful things that i love about podcasts i get to meet extraordinary people if love it absolutely love it so i don't know if you have anything you want to add but uh i think i will cut it off unfortunately but if you have something to add please do
1: now i wanted to ask you what would you th- what would you tell your 14 year old
0: self oh balls that is the um that is a hard, that is a tough question. It's a five minute answer, to be honest with you, The, And if I go there, I might start crying like <laughs> a little girl. So I don't even want to. It, it's one of those okay. things that, um, see, I'll I'll answer somewhat your question by saying this, The. I've probably recorded about 50 to 70 episodes of podcasts over the past year and a half. And the reason I asked that question is because, uh, my dad decided to leave when I was when, when I was in my early teens. He just left, and I was left without a father figure or a guide. And I looked for one at all in all the wrong places. So, from 14 to 21, I did a lot of stupid things, like a lot of stupid things. And if I could talk to myself, although I probably wouldn't listen, at least I could put a bug in my ear to say those are the things that are coming up this is the the path that you're going to take you'll be okay you'll be fine but it's going to suck so it's you know it's we lack guides in our life we lack father figure mother figure feminine masculine like we we lack people that are there to guide us through all the problematic of life cuz although we can live a total opposite of the world, our issues deep down might be very close. We're not that different, no matter where you're from. It's, yeah, I just ask it because I like to see people think, it always tells me the type of life that they have by the answer that they give. Hmm. I like to analyze people. (laughs) <laughs> i like to ask questions that they have to think about it and then i get a good feel for who and what they are
1: yeah yeah i i can relate to that i feel you on that one
0: <laughs> you know what we'll have to do it again we'll uh i'd love to have another conversation with you um that would be awesome thank thanks again for uh taking the time to uh sit down with me
1: oh it was my pleasure thank you for having me